Welcome to Virtually Unbreakable, where we inspire you to live happier and more fulfilling life. My name is Ella and I'm your host. Today, my guest is Andy Wiener. Andy is a consultant child and adolescent psychiatrist at the Tavistock and Portman NHS Trust. Andy has over 30 years experience treating mental health problems in families and is also an accomplished photographer. Today, Andy and I will share our thoughts on the myth of the perfect parent. I'm pleased to have you here with me, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hi, Andy. Welcome. Hi there. So today we are talking about parenting. You are a parent yourself. Is that right? Uh, Well, yes, it is right. Yes, my children are adults now. I remember very well all the ups and downs of parenthood. Mm. Today we will talk about younger children um, because it's the earlier years that form the foundation for the future. So what are your general thoughts on this? Sure. Well, even though we can't remember our early childhoods, there's no doubt that those years of your life are very important. So in my work, uh, I see a number of children who've had a very difficult start in life. So, for Mm. example, they might have been adopted or fostered um, and they find it difficult later in life to feel uh, at ease with the world and secure. Mm. Um, Not not that a difficult first few years can't be recovered from, it can, but a really good start in life is is a real bonus. Sure. Tell us a bit more about what you see in the parents you meet. Okay. Well, most parents, I think, have strong feelings about how they would like to bring up their children. When a baby's coming, it's a time that mothers and fathers think about their own childhoods and think about what they would like to be the same for them, um, same for their child as it was for them, and what they would like to be different for their child than it was for them. So there's some people, I think, who've had a great childhood and really can't think of anything that they'd like to be different for their child than it was for them. So that's great. And I think these parents have um, quite a hard time. But I'd suggest a big proportion, a very big proportion of parents think there's quite a few things they would like to be different for their child from how they remember their own childhood. Sure. And what's your childhood story? Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I think the listeners would like to know that. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, as you ask, um, I mean, I think I had a perfectly normal upbringing, to be honest. But um, I do remember that my dad was rather absent uh, physically and emotionally. I mean, his Mm. heart was in the right place. But to be honest, he was a workaholic. And so what I wanted to be different from my children was to be around them a lot, to be there for them. So when our first baby was born, uh, my wife was keen to get back to work. So I volunteered to stay at, to be a stay-at-home dad for a few months. Wow, that's amazing. How did that go? Well, uh, you can imagine my shock when I found it was actually really difficult to cope. Mm. So I feel a little bit ashamed about this. Um, but although I love my baby, um, to be honest, I found the sh- chores of getting ready to actually sort of get out the door Uh, really tough. Um, Again, to be honest, I found hanging about with mums in the park uh, a bit dull. Mm. And I remember waiting and waiting and wondering when on earth is my wife going to be back from work. 
So after a few weeks, uh, I actually wanted to be back at work as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, and I worried at that point, actually, I might secretly be the kind of dad that I disapproved of. Mm. I think what you just described happens to more people than we actually realize. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, and I, I was an adult and I was able to make choices. So although I did go back to work and we did get a daytime nanny to look after the baby, I mean, I made sure, sure I was home promptly from work unless it was essential that I stayed late. I gave my kids attention. I played with them. I cuddled them. I cherished them. Um, and as they got older, I'd do the school run uh, a couple mm. of times a week. And I'm pleased to say that now, as adults, they often spontaneously say that, you know, they had positive experiences of um, childhood. I mean, basically, you know, I adore them and they adore me. It's worked out where, mm. out well, you know, I wasn't perfect, but I was good enough. Yes. Well, you. I think you said uh, the key phrase there. I wasn't perfect, but I was good enough. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that was originally coined by a famous pediatrician called Donald Winnicott, 1953. Okay. Uh, he said the word, uh, he said the phrase good enough mother. And obviously that sort of changed into good mm. enough parent. But, but let's just imagine uh, for some reason that uh, I was someone who felt I absolutely had to be the perfect parent. Mm. Being the good enough parent wasn't good enough. You could imagine that might affect my mental health to some degree. I might even... You could imagine become a rather sort of miserable, unhappy person because I wasn't living up to my expectations. Mm -hmm. yes. <clears throat> and then if you imagine what my children might have experienced, they might then have experienced a rather grumpy, unhappy dad. That's right. Yeah. And unwittingly, I would then have become like my father the one I didn't want to be, mm. sort of being rather absent and detached. Yes, well, I, I think that's the trouble with parenthood, isn't it? There are all sorts of things that can catch you out when you least expect it. Indeed, yes. I mean, in my work, I a common example is, is mothers and fathers who remember their parents being uh, rather strict, maybe sort of withholding, losing their temper, shouting at, the, at them. Mm -hmm. So when they have their own children, they definitely want things to be different. They want to be gentle, kind, giving parents who stay calm at all costs and don't shout. Mm -hmm. But the point I'd like to make is that um, the children of gentle, kind, giving parents, as they get older, often start to realize that if they push the boundaries, that they'll mm -hmm. get whatever they want. And that's really very irritating for parents. Yes. Um, so a parent, for example, who is desperately trying to stay calm while their child is being sort of basically badly behaved, mm -hmm. they'll stay calm, they'll stay calm, they'll stay calm, and then suddenly they start shouting. Yes, yes. I think we all experience that. Yeah. So they don't want to be shouty parents, but mm -hmm. these are the kind of things you were talking about, Ella, that can sort of mm -hmm. catch you out. That's right, yeah. As a parent that sort of sneaks back up on you yes interesting isn't it I, I think this phenomenon is referred to as a script from childhood mm -hmm. however hard we try yeah. the same script seems to re-emerge when we become parents ourselves yes exactly exactly but the thing is there are things you can actually do mm. there's some basic simple rules that if parents are able to do 
will make things better. So, for example, um, a shouty mother who's getting frustrated and doesn't want to be a shouty mother, what they need to do is to practice setting boundaries early. Uh, early on, when the child is beginning to push the boundaries, not after the child has been demanding for a long time and driven the ki kind, gentle mother to the edge of a nervous breakdown. Mm, yes, there is loads and lots of self-help guides out there mm. on improving children's behavior by giving them positive attention, yeah. uh, bringing in structure, uh, daily routines, boundaries, reward system and so on. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, not many parents don't seem to really want to follow these, do they? No, it can be difficult. And, and what I say, what I sort of try to explain to parents who, you know, aren't interested in, you know, parenting groups or behavioral programs or, or whatever, I ask them to try imagine being a child and imagine what kind of parent they think they would like to have. Mm. Not the perfect parent, but just imagine what sort of things, uh, if you were a child, you'd like to see from a parent. Mm, that's right. So usually, uh, number one is an adult who can help you feel safe and secure. Interestingly, you can see this in a park, mm -hmm. you know, in any day of the week, you'll see little children um, checking in with their parents on a regular basis, uh, coming close to check that they are there. And then when they're feeling safe again, the little toddler will toddle off again in the knowledge that their parents are there. And if there's an upset, like, you know, a scary dog comes into the park mm -hmm. or a child falls over, uh, the child will run over to their parents to, to regain that sense of safety That's right, and yeah. seek protection. Yes. Uh, what What is this really based on, your argument? Sure. Well, there's a very well-respected theory called uh, attachment theory. So this was developed by a psychiatrist called John Bowlby in the 1950s. And according to that theory, what children are doing here in the park example is checking in to their secure base, it's called. Um, so you can imagine it's like a sort of invisible elastic band uh, that connects children to their parents and also, interestingly, other mm. older human beings. So older siblings, grandparents, etc. So when things feel safe, the elastic band stretches and there's a physical distance between the parent and the child. And when things feel scary, that elastic band tightens and the child seeks proximity to the parent. Mm. So all mammals and all birds follow the same behavior. So you can see, you know, you see the, the little ducklings following the, the mother duck. You can see the, the baby yeah. lambs in the field sort of buying to get sort of close to their their mm -hmm. parents. OK, I get that. But what does this actually mean for us? Yes. So I think it means a number of things. So if you think of yourself as a child and the kind of parent that would make you feel safe and secure, mm. there's a number of things that become clear, I think. So, for example, if you're a dad who you barely see, sorry, if you're with a dad who you barely mm -hmm. see yeah. uh, because they're at work all the time, you're not going to feel safe with them. If you've got a mum who at the slightest thing gets irritable and flies into a rage, you're not going to feel safe with them either. But equally, uh, the important point is if you're a parent who's a pushover and will give in to your every whim, you're not going to feel safe either. 
Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. But why is this important? Yeah, I mean, it's important for parents who notice that they feel like they're the servants of their child. Mm -hmm. I see. Rather than being in charge of their child. Yes. Um, they need to be aware that that child isn't feeling, that isn't making their child feel safe um, and that they need to do something about it. So as well as the active listening, all the cuddles, playtime, story time, trips out, uh, lots of nice toys, young children also need to know what behaviour is expected of them. Mm. They also need to know what is the daily routine, when mealtimes are, when bath time is, when bedtime is, and if their behaviour is not falling within what's expected of them, that they're pulled up about it before the parents get harassed and mm, irritated. I see. And long before they start shouting. I see. Well, I guess if you do all these things all the time, time as a parent, you would be the perfect parent, wouldn't you? Uh, but let's face it, who in the world is ever yeah. like that all the time? No, nobody's like that all the time. But what I'm saying is, I think that this is what you, as a parent, that you you should want to aspire to and get close to. You're not going to get there all the time. And also, um, not because it's cool to be a good enough parent, mm. but because that's what children thrive on. That's what they yes. need. So parents often worry about future proofing their children and helping them build the self-confidence and resilience that they need in life. But um, if when they're very young children, children can get the things that I've been talking about, so the boundaries, the routine, the mm -hmm. love, the being cherished, um, they'll naturally develop um, a feeling of safety, security, and that develops resilience and self-confidence, mm. and they stand a good chance of doing well in life. It's not a guarantee, mm -hmm. yes. but it's a, a, a real, real help. So that's why the early years are so important, and why parents need to be open to getting support for themselves to help them through that very demanding period. Mm. Yes, I think in in the concept of a perfect, the myth of a perfect parent that we are talking about, yeah. that is especially important to stay true to yourself as a parent mm -hmm. and be honest with yourself and actually don't be shy or afraid to admit when you really struggle and when you do need that help, right? Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And uh, do you have any final advice for our listeners, many of whom are parents? Yes, indeed. Yes. Well, just say again, you know, if you're struggling, for goodness sake, you know, don't beat yourself up about being the perfect parent. There really is no such thing. I mean, the statistics are that 10 to 15 percent of women will experience postnatal depression. Another 20 to 30 percent will experience emotional distress or difficulty adjusting to parenthood. Now, fathers, uh, about 40% will experience poor mental health mm, when their wow. children are young. So basically, you're talking, let's say, round figure, 50% of parents are going to need help and support when their children mm. are young. Mm. So I'm not saying that 50% of parents should go off and get therapy. No, no such thing. But the normal support that you can expect from friends and family and some of the self-help resources like the ones you've developed, Ella, uh, can be very helpful. But you need to reach out for help and support. Please don't, don't pretend that you're coping when you're not. 
Yes, I, I completely agree. I think one thing I would like to add at the end is that you should not let the social stigma mm -hmm. to prevent you from seeking that help. Definitely. And you should not try to live up to the expectations of your parents or your neighbors of, mm. or your friends and how they deal with parenting yeah. and compare yourself to them in order to be perceived that you've got it all together mm. instead just being allowing yourself to be vulnerable Absolutely. and um, admitting when it's still time to admit and improve things yeah. before the stress of of your you become you being a dad uh, or being a mom mm -hmm. will completely take its toll and crush your relationship with your partner for example right Indeed. which is yeah. often the case for uh -huh. so many yeah, parents yeah. it puts a lot of strain on relationships i think ella that that being if you feel that you're not coping you you naturally feel alone that's right and i think the message is you're not alone Mm. You're in the company of 50% mm. of parents of mm. uh, young children. So you need to speak up. Thank you so much for your time today, Andy. Uh, it was a real pleasure talking to you. Pleasure talking to you. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did enjoy it, don't forget to subscribe. As always, you can find the notes from our podcast on our website, which is virtuallyunbreakable.buzzsprout.com. See you in the next episode of Virtually Unbreakable, where we will discuss self-discipline and what role it plays in achieving your goals.